Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, hello, listeners. Dwight Beal here again. It is Tuesday, January 31, and I'm here again with my nephew, Hayden, and his wife, Julie. Hayden and Julie Beal. So thanks again for joining us. Um, Tuesday is usually Testimony Tuesday. So sometimes we ask people to share like how they first came to know the Lord. And Julie's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. That's too long. (laughs) (laughs) Too long of a story. (laughs) So instead, uh, they are going to share something that they've just seen God at work recently, uh, in recent days and weeks. So lay it on us. Recent years. Yeah. Yeah. Our oldest, Olivia, Mm -hmm. is a very passionate child. Yep. Feels very strongly. Yes. And as our first kid, I think that was particularly hard of figuring out how to identify what her feelings are. Because mm. yeah. yeah. so often it would just come out as anger, which is normal for kids. Yeah. But trying to teach her what her emotions mean, as mm. well as us trying to interpret what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she has big emotions, but she doesn't wear them on her face. Hmm. So she very much is like, it's like, what is going on in that head? Yeah. So it's hard because we have to f- figure out how to figure that out without putting words in her mouth. Right. Yeah. And so the, for the first two years of her life, well, I guess the first year was not hard at all. She was a baby. But right. once she started getting those emotions, that was hard um, and a, a challenge for first-time parents. Um, but then when we had our second child, Cooper, um, we were nervous about how how was she going to react to being – I don't think we were nervous. I think I we were like... You should have been nervous. I think we should have been nervous yeah. and had no idea what was coming for us. But she definitely had big, big feelings. And they weren't really directed towards him because he was a baby and she loved babies. Mm-hmm. But towards us and everyone around us, like she was very challenging. Mm. So that that was hard. But she was kind to Cooper Anyways, I feel like this is a therapy session at this point. <laughs> Anyways, so as the years have gone on, we've always been praying about their relationship and like how that will develop and keep encouraging her of like, these are, he's the only friend you'll have for your whole life, like mm-hmm. him and Sadie. And so. Because she been, can have very positive, strong emotions towards him and she can have the complete yeah, opposite. Right. Totally. Yeah. And so we've been praying about it a lot. And in the past few weeks, I would say. We've seen a friendship develop that isn't perfect, but definitely it's hmm. coming along. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How have you seen that play itself out? Well, we started this. <laughs> this is funny from our conversation before. Okay. Um, we have a lot of um, one. Random socks. Random socks in our house <laughs> that don't have a home. And so, or partners. Uh, or partners. Yeah. They don't have a partner. Yes, that's what they don't have. They have a home. And so I've been collecting those. And um, at school, they do pine cones to fill up a bucket as a class. So as they work together as a team, they fill up a bucket with pine cones. You, and then, you earn a pine cone by doing something kind yeah. or okay. thinking about someone else first. Yeah. Know, that yep. type of thing. And so okay. – um, 
I decided, what do we have? I'm not going to go out and collect pine cones. So what do we have that we could do this concept with the two of them? And it'll only be for the siblings and how they interact with each other. And um, socks came to my mind. (laughs) And so we have a little basket that we're filling up with socks. And when we get to the top, they can go to Captain Sunday. But yeah, so if they have a positive interaction, I say, go pick out a sock that was really good the way that you helped your brother or let him go first or mm-hmm. for him to her. So it's brilliant. Yeah. We've been and it seeing, seems to be working. Yeah. And I feel like that's not on our own. I feel like God is definitely opening doors of like, this mm. is how you need to navigate these relationships and this is how you need to help them figure this out. Mm. So it's been good. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, today our Bible reading passage is still in Matthew. We'll be in Matthew till July-ish. It's Matthew 5, verses 43 to 48. And I will read that passage today, and then we're going to talk about it. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Another one easier said than done. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Man. The if, first the first words that popped off the page to me, um, mm-hmm. and due to the fact that we read them yesterday, was you have heard that it was said. Hmm. So basically calling out, like, this is what you're used to. This mm-hmm. is what's seen as okay in society. Mm-hmm. Um and then calling us to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just the word that came to my mind was radical. Like we're called to be radically different. Right. Yeah. I mean, who loves their enemies and prays for those who persecute them? Right. I am ashamed to admit I don't do that probably as often as I should. Yeah. I think we need to remember our real purpose here on earth is to share about Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think when we get far away from that and we think about what we need and all these things, we get so eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but really we only have one goal here. And if we keep that focus, all that seems silly, right? Like Mm -hmm. all that, it's like, okay, someone hurt me. Oh, well, we got to keep going. They need Jesus, right? Like, Mm -hmm. let's just look through that and not see it as right don't get distracted yeah right oh that's good man i was thinking if 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 even just those who believe in jesus throughout the world could implement this one principle um imagine the effect that it would have on the on the world mm. uh, of we're, loving and praying for our enemies we're doing that mama bear book yes with, with pam Yeah. And And others. And others. Yeah. And one of the things it was talking about was if moms at a park, 
if just those people shared the truth, so many more people would know the truth. And it was like, because mamas are mama bears, right? And so we are the ones that want to change the world because our kids are going to grow up in this world, Mm -hmm. right? And other people do too. But I think there's this like, passion and drive sure. there that's like my kids are growing up in this world we we got to change it they're your primary disciples exactly right but if we just took that time to share at the park with the mom that was there so many more people would be learning about jesus and be raising their children knowing jesus and it would totally change the world wow yeah yeah now is that an intimidating thought for you no not but- for me but it was for a lot of people in that group <laughs> I feel like I'm very easy to conversation. Really? And I'm like, I may never see this person again. It's fine. I can tell them what they need to know. <laughs> Julie's not afraid to be blunt. <laughs> That's, I admire that. You know that. Well, <laughs> uh, yes, I have experienced that in our family structure, but I've, but I've never been an, a, a uh, mom on a playground uh, who is hearing the gospel from you. Like, Well, it doesn't have to be in that initial conversation. I think building friendships and making people feel important. And then as that friendship develops. Yeah. Because people are so seeking friends. It's just very hard to find people that will reach out to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where you build that bond that then makes you radically different. Mm -hmm. And then they ask. Yeah. So two... Two of the thoughts I'm going to throw out to you guys that things that I find interesting in this. One is uh, Jesus talks about rewards. What reward will you get? And he seems to be implying that uh, we're going to be rewarded in heaven for certain kinds of behaviors. So you're looking at me quizzically. Isn't that the next day? No, with this one too. Oh, really? Um, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So is it okay for us to think about, well, hey, I'm going to do that because I know that I'm going to get rewarded for this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that an okay thing? Is that an okay motivation? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If if the reward's coming from God, it seems to be legit. Like it seems to be okay to say, well, I, uh, Jesus says that there will be rewards for this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, that sounds good to me. Well, are you seeing it as more than just the reward of eternal life? Yes. Um, I wonder if there are, I mean, obviously the biggest reward is eternal life, you know, but if, but he's, if he's talking to people who are already believers and who already are followers, it seems like there, there may be our rewards that um, are in addition to the big reward of just mm-hmm. being in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's that's one question I have. Do you yeah, have any it, thoughts? I mean, it seems like it would be okay to for that to be your motivation, because everything that he's asking us to do is good and approved by him. So why not think about that outcome? And how different is that from you guys saying, "Hey, if you." treat your little brother nicely you can get a sock <laughs> and then if you get enough socks we can go to captain sunday yeah right yeah we, we, it's we, the training that happens with that and so i think sorry yeah. i think that um 
God is training us. But I also think it's hard to answer these questions because it's like, well, what what does the Bible say? I can't really answer based on our worldly knowledge and expectations of what professionals say we should or shouldn't raise our kids this way or that way. But we have the Bible that tells us to think about such things. Mm-hmm. And so that can really only be the answer. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying it, it, it seems like uh, like even the way you're rearing your kids is a reflection of how God rears us yeah. and mm-hmm. how he disciplines us and how he uh, encourages us to grow, that there there is a sense of there's a reward system, hmm. you know, that God knows that we innately respond to just like yeah. Cooper and Olivia respond yeah. to that, you know. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the last thing, and this is probably all we have have time for um is the last phrase verse 48 this you talked about you can go ahead Aiden (laughs) (laughs) this one was a little like a little scary Mm -hmm. because we should say what it says be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect right yeah and obviously like we know that we can't be so how do you interpret this like and the, the Kind of maybe the easy answer is like Jesus came to bridge the gap between my imperfection and mm. God's perfection. Bingo. But I also feel like that like I don't want th- that, I don't want to let that be a reason to not try even harder to be perfect. But, and, then, but that's also coming from me, who's a perfectionist. Yeah. See, so th- this is an important conversation. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard because there. It says to be perfect. I don't know where I was. One of these Bible studies I'm in, I was reading, and it was like, <laughs> it was saying like we we diagnose people with mental issues because they're trying to be perfect. Perfectionism is and, a deadly disease. And then we have this, and it's like, I don't know what to make with this. You know it. Yeah. It's it's a problem. Like it's it's a big thing that that. Uh, I mean, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Hayden, as you said, Jesus knows that we're not perfect and that we'll never be perfect on our own. The only way I can interpret this, and feel free if you're listening, uh, email us at (laughs) info at victorypoint.org and give us your thoughts. But I think this is Jesus showing his cards and saying, I'm, I'm presenting a moral standard here that is so high, nobody can live up to it. Therefore, you need a savior. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how Jesus came to bridge that gap, right? Um, and a, a verse that I've been, I find myself coming back to a lot recently is, is Hebrews 10.14. It says, because by one sacrifice... Jesus has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So perfection comes through the cross, which hasn't happened yet, Mm -hmm. right? In the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to people and he's saying, I need you to be perfect. And I need you to love your enemies. And I need you to not get mad. And I need you to, uh, you know, we're going to tease out a bunch of other things, you know, later this week. I'm I'm wondering, and I talk about this a lot with Betsy and her mom Kay, who is a brilliant. She just loves the word and is really smart. We for the last few weeks we've been talking about 
this passage and the whole sermon. How, what is Jesus doing in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, in the big picture? Is he just telling us this is how I want you to live, or is, he, is, there, is there a bigger picture going on here where he's, he's actually setting us up for the cross? Does that make sense? Is, is he just stimulating people's minds to be like, well, how am I supposed to do that? Yes. And and you think about the Old Testament law that God gave to Moses. I mean, they failed miserably for 1,400 years. And they never got that right. And And now Jesus is up in the ante. And he's like, you heard it said, you know, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. That was kind of an Old Testament sort of understanding. Well, I'm going to raise the bar on that. Now, I want you to not resist evil people at all. Hmm. He, he's totally raising the bar. And, and then he pulls out the be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Um, so maybe as, as we go into Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, let's keep that in the back of our minds. Like, what is Jesus doing here? Um, anyway, what's our time? We got to stop. Right. <laughs> you guys both have this bewildered look on your face. Did I just depress you? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good challenge. All right. Well, we are going to continue that challenge tomorrow on Wednesday. So God bless you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.